Welcome to Cannabis Health Radio, a podcast where we share stories from people around the world who are using cannabis as medicine. The information is meant to raise awareness about the health benefits of cannabis, which should not be taken as medical advice. Now, here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. And here we are again with another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. Now, melanoma is a serious form of skin cancer and more dangerous than other forms of the disease because of its ability to spread to other organs more rapidly. Melanomas can develop anywhere on the skin, but they are most likely to start on the trunk, chest, and back for men, and on the legs in women. The neck and face are other common sites, and it can become life-threatening in as little as six weeks. Surprisingly, Australia and New Zealand have the highest rates of melanomas in the world, and there are also high rates in Northern Europe and North America, while it's less common in Asia and African countries. And joining us from Colorado to tell us how she beat melanoma is Debbie Burt Rowan. Debbie, good to have you. Hi, good to be here. Debbie, where did your melanoma first start? Uh, It was on my back, kind of in the middle. It was in a place I wouldn't have seen unless I turned completely around, which I never do because I'm not trying to borrow trouble. (laughs) I get to see my entire butt. (laughs) Yeah, completely in the back. (laughs) Interesting. Now, what did it look like? It was uh, it was black. I had my husband take a picture of it. It was it was black, and really, I had um, no no symptoms, no no pain or anything. But it was kind of close to where I would wear a bra, so I could have aggravated it that way. So it wasn't itchy or didn't hurt at all. No, uh-uh, nothing. 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 How, did, I was, how did you first discover it? I had to go for an allergy test, the scratch test. Oh, yes. And the young girl who was doing it said, you have a really funky-looking mole on your back. So when I went home, I had my husband look at it, and he took a picture, and I immediately called a dermatologist for an appointment. That's interesting, because I've got a small mole on my back. Oh, Yeah, be careful. (laughs) Yeah. Did At what know? point did you realize? You want to show it to me? Sorry, I just said, did you want to show it to me? No, <laughs> <laughs> I'll take Debbie's advice. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Debbie, at what point did you realize you had to go to the doctor? Well, you know, right after I saw a picture of it, uh, and I immediately called a dermatologist that was in our area and made an appointment, but. Um, I didn't hear anything. I I went in and they took off the mole and um, the results came in a couple days later and the doctor didn't call me. The receptionist did and she obviously didn't know how to read results and she told me, oh my God, you're stage four. You realize you're not even going to live and, you know, terrified. I had an entire weekend where all my husband and I did was cry. I mean, it was that bad. And later I found out that it was, it was a a bad, a bad, bad (laughs) stage three. It was very deep and it had spread to lymph nodes. So yeah, I was in a lot of trouble. 
What did the doctors tell you had to be done in order to resolve this? Well, the mole had been removed, but I immediately I went to Mayo, the Mayo Clinic, mm-hmm. and um, they told me that I would have to have a major surgery to remove a huge swath of skin that had that it had possibly, you know, spread to. And so I literally have it's probably a forty-inch scar on my back, or maybe thirty-five. I don't know how wide my back is, but a huge scar across my back. And it was a, a almost a six-hour surgery, intubation, the whole nine yards. People do not understand melanoma. They, were, I had one friend say, "Oh, so they took off the mole? Big deal." Well, melanoma mm. goes inside, yeah, and melanoma. it'll kill you fast. It does, and melanoma leaves huge, long roots. Oh, my God, I know. I mean, if the scar on my back looks pretty good now, but I couldn't even move my right arm, which was the arm that was closest to where the uh, the operation was. I couldn't even move my right arm for two weeks. Wow. I, mean, now, I had to keep it. Did they tell huh? you? Did they tell you that they had gotten it all then, or did you have to do other they treatments? They did. They Well, they had gotten the skin, but they went into a lymph node to see, you know, if it had spread or not, and it had spread. So, so did, you know, so, I, it was bad. So, Debbie, after the surgery, did they recommend any other treatment? Chemotherapy, immediately. That they said for the first year that it greatly improves your chances of survival if you get on chemotherapy. And um, at first I thought, well, (laughs) I guess I'll do it. You know, in my mind, it was like, no, no, no. Mm -hmm. But in my head, I was like, I want to live. And they're telling me I'm not going to live unless I get this. And, um, then I, you know, I had a weekend or a little bit more to think about it. And I told my husband, I just can't do it. I said, I just can't do it. I said, I cannot ingest poison like that. Um, I said, I'm going to, I'm going to do the oil. And um, I have six sisters. No one would speak to me when I decided to get on the oil. What did they say um, to you? What did your sister say to you? They said I was killing myself. They said that I was throwing away my life, that I was goofing around, and uh, yeah, that, you know, just because I wanted to die didn't mean that they wanted me to die. Wow. Nice, huh? Yeah, not so nice. (laughs) They wouldn't speak to me, really, for months. I mean, they would not. Here, in the beginning, everyone's going to my doctor visits and all this. The minute I said no, that was it. No talkie. I think you called me, didn't you, Deb? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I called you first. (laughs) (laughs) I called you, in fact, before I called Mayo. (laughs) Oh, is that right? Oh, well, thank you. I mean, I did. I, I, you know, you were my person, you know. I mean, I had been on the the cannabis site um, on Facebook for a few years, and... Um, 
you know, you you never steered me wrong. I was on I was on medical marijuana for a pain issue that I had, and I was able to get off oxycodone because of marijuana. So I already had a strong belief. But, you know, what what did I know about, you know, making the oil, doing the oil, how much? You know, it's a very confusing thing. Debbie, yeah. did your sisters who were opposed to what you're doing, did they know that in the past you'd taken uh, cannabis? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, because, um, you know, I had been addicted to oxycodone, so they were aware that I got on medical marijuana. And, you know, most of my sisters um, have a past, so <laughs> it wasn't, you know, the, the marijuana, you know, smoking pot or, or taking edibles, that was not a big deal. But doing it to save my life, that was huge. You know, that was on a whole different realm. Mm-hmm. Now, you, you were taking cannabis oil. Were you applying any oil to your back at all, or was your husband doing that? I still do. Yeah, okay. we do. In fact, every other day, <laughs> he looks at my back. I'm very, I'm Eastern European. I'm actually first generation American. And, you know, I am one freckle, <laughs> one right. freckle, lots of moles, all kinds of stuff built in. And, um, yeah, so he checks my back literally every other day and puts oil on it. And I put it all over me. Debbie, in the past, were you a big user of sunscreen? You know, I use sunscreen, but I'll tell you this, and this is really the truth. I have never had a tan in my entire life. I've never <laughs> laid out. I've never even, I've never had the patience to just lay and bake. I'm not a somebody. I'm not a big swimmer. I honestly thought that I had zero risk. I really did. In my mind, like one of my sisters, but, you know, she kept going and they were cutting stuff off of her. But it was, you know, uh, basal cell, you know, none of them were cancer. And she used to lay out and put iodine on and all that to get black tan. I never did it. So really, I thought, well, you know, if I get cancer, it'll be lung cancer because I smoked. But, um, yeah, surprise, surprise, right? <laughs> so, how, so, Debbie, how much oil were you taking? And, like, did you ingest it or do suppositories or a bit of both? And was it, like, uh, the a minute single? I was, the minute I was diagnosed, I got on a gram. Because I knew, in my mind, I'm, I'm kicking this cancer's ass. So I didn't monkey around with microdosing or anything else. And I think that's fine, you know, if whatever. I I don't understand how some people are so afraid of, you know, having a pleasant buzz. But anyway, yeah, I started on a gram right away and I'm still on a gram. Did you uh, do a year later? Did you do it three times a day or just once a day? and Four times a day. Four times a day. Did you do any of it rectally or was it all orally? All orally. Yeah. You have a bit of a tolerance already, though, I would expect from uh, the medicinal cannabis use of E-Rear. Yeah, I was pretty high at first. I mean, my husband and I discussed it. He knew that this is what I wanted to do. And so we knew that, you know, I would be pretty messed up in the beginning. And, you know, that's a tiny price to pay. 
a tiny price to pay. I mean, compared to chemotherapy. And, mm. you know, now with this pandemic and everything else, you really have to think about these poor people who have zero immune system. They have a port that's just waiting for germs. It's, you know, it's a, I can't tell you how grateful I am. I really can't. I can't even express how grateful I am that you led me in the right direction. Oh, thank you. Um, so you are cancer-free? I am 100% cancer-free. In one year, I had three PET scans, two ultrasounds, and two CAT scans, all 100% cancer-free. How long did it take for you to cl get clear, Deb? This is kind of weird, but... The minute that I that you know I started right away on a full gram and all that, I had my first pet. My surgery was May thirty first of twenty nineteen. I had my first PET scan. I think it was the third week of June, and I was clear then. Wow! wow. In only three yeah. weeks. Yeah. Yeah. What did your sister say? I mean, I hate to I hate to even say that to people because I don't want them. I mean, I don't know how it'll work on other people, but I know it's a miracle. Um, my sisters really have said nothing. I mean, we're we're talking now, and um, and all that. But you know, on my year, my year anniversary, mm -hmm. um, you know, and I I took my last PET scan May fifth, and I told everybody, yeah, I'm cancer free. I expected, hey, you did the right thing. Obviously, you did the right thing. I got nothing, <laughs> nothing, not a word. But, you know, my choice, my life, my decision. Yeah. I guess your well, sisters hate to admit that they were wrong. Yeah. And I'll tell you something else. Outside of the fact that I'm cancer-free, I shed a bunch of weight that was weighing me down. My overall health is so much better. My blood pressure is low. I'm just, I'm... I feel fabulous. I, I'm 62, and I feel better than I did 10 years ago. How much weight did you lose? 40 pounds. Oh, good for good you. you. Yeah, I, I had a little bit extra. <laughs> <laughs> Debbie, what was your, what was your uh, daughter's uh, response to you having cleared this without going for chemo? Well, my oncologist is actually a really decent person. Even when I told her, you know, that I had decided to not do chemotherapy, she was she was like, okay, then we'll just check you. She was very nice. Now, the dermatologist, the first time I went in to see him, he really read me the riot act you know you're you're killing yourself you're playing games yeah it's okay for pain but you know i mean awful awful stuff and then i saw him in um january and i said guess what i'm still cancer free oh well you know blah, blah, blah. it's i'm not even gonna see him again i'll find a different dermatologist i just you know, the negativity and the stupidity, really, the stupidity is what gets to me. Is your dermatologist older? 
Uh, you know, he's probably in his 60s, so he's not that much yeah. older than me. And really, the guy's kind of hip, you know? I mean, the way he dresses and everything. But mm-hmm. he, um, yeah, he read me the riot act. And really, you know, I didn't tell him that I was on cannabis. So he, after he read my medical records, he said, you're lucky to be alive. This kills people. And uh, and he said, "Why aren't you on chemotherapy?" And I, I said, "Because I'm on alternative treatment." And he said, "What treatment?" And I said, "I'm on cannabis oil." And he said, "You're crazy. You're gonna die. You're, you know." And I mean, the thing I don't know if doctors understand how their words affect you. I mean, here you are, a cancer patient. You're worried that you're going to die a horrible death. And here he is berating me instead of saying, well, you know, that." and really the cancer didn't start yesterday. I mm-hmm. probably had that mole for God knows how many years. So it's not like it was a new thing. It, you know, as long as you check yourself, I believe that, that you're fine. But, you know, I was negligent about it. I really was. But it doesn't mean that I deserve to be browbeaten for my decision. No, that's very true. And I'm surprised he did that because as a medical professional, he would uh, say, you're cancer-free? That's fantastic. What did you do to yeah. free yourself of yeah. cancer? They would inquire yeah, you into would it. would think. <laughs> yeah, you'd think, yeah. Yeah, but, but you know, there's no, there's no rule book. This is, you know, this is the whole thing. There's no rule book, and the doctors have their minds completely closed off against it. They do not understand the benefits. I mean, they see me, and they're like, holy crap, what happened to you? Because I look great. And (laughs) it's like, hello, this is what I've been telling you. You know, years ago, Corey and I interviewed Nathan Russo of Washington State, I believe, Corey, isn't he, from Washington State? I yeah. think so, yes. Yeah, and uh, he, we were talking about the fact that doctors mention there are no studies or very few studies about the efficacy of cannabis, and he said there were over 10,000 studies, but doctors yeah, just don't read it. No, they just, they instantly, you know, just offhand, and that's it. Now, my oncologist, she called me to give me my results on the 5th, And she was like, oh, my God, it's great, you know, all of this. But we really did not discuss the fact. I told her I was going with alternative, and she just shut up. She was perfect. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) You know, (laughs) well, the thing is, I mean, I'm not 16 years old. I'm an adult, but my life means as much to me as anyone else's. I never had any desire to die from this disease. And I have seen people die from cancer. So, you know, in my mind, I wasn't saying, oh, well, you know, let's throw some dice. I did it because I believed in it. Did you change your diet at all, Debbie? The only thing I, well, yeah, I did. I was, and this could probably explain the 40 pounds. I used to eat 16 cookies a week. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I'm counting them only because they were the size of my hand. <laughs> I was addicted <laughs> to uh, oatmeal raisin walnut cookies. And really, I mean, I used to eat a lot of stuff with sugar. You know, I needed sugar, probably because I had very low energy. So I gave up um, white sugar. I do eat one Girardelli square of chocolate a day, but I gave up, you know, added sugar. I still eat carbs, but I watch them. I did not do anything super extreme Mm -hmm. at all. Damn, those oatmeal raisin walnut cookies are great. Oh, my God. I'm telling you, they used to scream at me. <laughs> help, Debbie, help me. <laughs> my husband would go to the store, and if they didn't have them, oh, no. <laughs> you drive to another You've county. tell Fatty there's no cookies, right? <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be in between a fat girl and her cookies, trust me. <laughs> I'm surprised you knew it was 16 cookies a week. Oh, I know, because they were from the bakery, and you could only get eight in a box. So <laughs> well, I know no, exactly. No case lot sale? No. <laughs> no, they were bakery, $6 for eight cookies. So do you have I one remember. occasionally now? No, no, I don't. I really just gave all that, you know, that awful stuff up. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's funny. The funniest part is, is that I was on keto. And so as my cheat, I would have a cheat day. I would eat 16 cookies. (laughs) Gee, I wonder why I didn't lose a bunch of weight on keto, right? (laughs) That's not how keto works. off Sunday. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I didn't, I, you know, now I see a lot of people online that have done, you know, they've gone to a lot of, you know, really extreme dieting and that. And I I guess in my mind, I thought if something happens, if God forbid, you know, I get the neck pet scan and it's there, I will look into cutting back on more of the things that I know are bad. I did give up Diet Coke, which was another one of my addictions, a 12 pack a day. I did. You I had twelve diet coke a day. Oh yeah. Oh, easily. Is I never drank water. Never. Just, just diet coke. God, Debbie, I, I don't think I've I've consumed a dozen <laughs> diet coke in my life. Really? Yeah. See, and I still have one every day. My my husband has coffee, and I have a diet coke. It was very, you know, it's funny because I have an older sister. And she doesn't drink water. She just drinks Diet Coke. And I, and I, you know, I look back on that and I think, how unhealthy. But, you know, at the time, I had been drinking Diet Soda my entire life. Mm-hmm. I had, I mean, I know they say it'll make you fat. It's, you know, it's this, that, or the other thing. I was skinny on Diet Coke. I was fat on Diet Coke. You know, I just drank it. I just really enjoyed it i guess i don't anymore but i did at the time is your sister who consumes only diet coke is she overweight yeah oh wow yeah not horribly but you know she's she's got some weight to lose and yeah i i don't know i i really don't believe that it kept me from losing weight i know i know people say that 
I really don't. Just like I said, I mean, I was on Weight Watchers. I drank Diet Coke. I was on this. You know, there were many times in my life when I was, especially when I was younger, I was very thin and I was drinking Diet Coke or Diet something. Mm -hmm. Mm. Debbie, your form of melanoma, there are various forms of melanoma, uh, skin cancer, but your form of melanoma is one of the most serious because as I was reading this morning, uh, it can become life-threatening in only six weeks, a month and a half. So you caught it at the right time. Well, I'll tell you, I should have caught it a lot earlier. And I've beaten myself up a lot about it. Um, You know, I, like I said, I was very cocky that, you know, never being in the sun and all that, you know, how could I get it? But, you know, I have, since I've been, since I turned 15, we lived in Arizona probably the hottest place on earth Mm -hmm. (laughs) i mean it's over 100 right now and it'll get up to 117 118 easily um in the summer so you know yeah i walked around you know i had a lot of passive sun i guess is what i'm trying to say so i don't know anyone who's who's completely safe from it my husband um after I was diagnosed, he shared with me that when he was growing up, his mom's best friend uh, got melanoma and she died in less than six months. And really, I was, you know, at my lowest. I thought, this is it. You know, they're not kidding around. You know, after the surgery, especially, you hear that it's in your lymph nodes. I know, Corey, you can relate. <laughs> Yeah. You know, you're like, whoa, <laughs> stop. Yeah. I just yeah. couldn't. I was incredulous. I could not, you know, I was just really, I just felt like, well, I guess I'm going to die or I'm going to, you know, take poison. But I just couldn't go through with the poison. I, I figured, you know, if anything, hopefully it'll keep the cancer at bay. If best circumstance cures me, then I'm going to tell everyone. And I do. I tell everyone. Debbie, what really surprises me is that you took your first PET scan May 31st of last year. And no, my surgery was oh, surgery. May 31st. I'm sorry. Yeah. Then I had the PET scan in June, in third June. week of June. Yeah. And I was clear. And I mean, it was in my lymph nodes. They, when they did the surgery, they took a couple lymph nodes from under my arm and there was cancer. I mean, he called me, he was my, uh, the surgeon, he called me, he was, you know, he said, I'm really sorry, but this is what it is. Did they give you a timeline on how how long you had to live? No. No, I don't believe Mayo does that. I just, I think that's just cruel. Yeah, Don't you think? I mean, why would you give someone an expiration date? Yeah. It's really unfair. It really is. And the thing is, I've heard of people who do nothing and survive. You know, so it's just unfair because that has to weigh on your mind. And that's probably Mm -hmm. what kills you. Yeah. But it is astounding to know that only three weeks you cleared your cancer. I know. This is why, you know, I go on on the groups on Facebook and, you know, a lot of people, you know, people will get on. I finished 
chemotherapy. It didn't work. 99% of them didn't work or it came back. You know, I've, I've read all the horror stories, but when I, when I personally try and impart some type of advice, I tell them, you know, especially if they're stage four, do not monkey around with microdosing. Mm-hmm. Don't just plan on being high. <laughs> You'll build up a resistance. Get as much into you as you can. It's very I believe that I believe that is probably why I cured so quickly. Yeah, you have to flood I your really body. Do. Flood your body with cannabis. Exactly. I flood with the cannabis oil, and I just flooded it. When you get on these groups and tell people that you cleared your cancer in three weeks, are they incredulous? They don't believe you? (laughs) You know, I usually leave out when I had my first PET scan because I think, oh, my God, they must look at it and go, she's lying. And really, you know, I had my PET scan on May 5th. And I posted in one of the groups, you know, hey, I had it. I told my story. I did the whole thing. And even then I had people saying, oh, you know, she's lying. She's not telling the truth. You would have to be a monster, an absolute monster, a heartless, cruel monster to, you know, where there's so many people who are dying or have been diagnosed and lie about having cancer and treating, you know, treating yourself, you would have to be a monster. So, no, you know, I've never lied about anything. Mm-hmm. So you took cannabis four times a day. You still take it four times a day? Yeah, I do. I love it. Yeah. I have zero plans of getting off. I feel great. I'm not a drinker. Sorry, Corey. I'm not a, I'm <laughs> so not right a, now. I'm <laughs> More for you, right? <laughs> I like hard liquor personally, but you know, can't sit around drinking that. Um, yeah, I'm not a drinker. It relaxes me during this. You know, when the whole thing started with the pandemic, I I was you know close to having panic attacks. I was very nervous and worried. And really, the cannabis keeps you sane. It's like you can finally go, ah. Oh, exhale yeah no mm-hmm. i love it i have no plans of ever getting off of it debbie your story is fantastic and it is a great testament to the powers of cannabis and i hope that you continue to take it and substitute your diet coke with a bourbon and you'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God, they must have had to lay off a whole shift at the Coca-Cola plant. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Debbie, great great story. He still laughs. Yeah. Thanks so much, Debbie. Much appreciated. Thank you you so much. Yeah, it was great to talk to you. Thank you. We'd like to thank our listeners for supporting us and sharing our podcasts with others who would benefit from hearing these testimonials about the healing power of cannabis, which you just heard. Corey and I receive emails all the time from people who have healed themselves or a loved one with cannabis after listening to our show, and that's amazing. That's exactly what we want to do. And that's to help others. Now, we want to be able to bring you these podcasts, and to do so, there are costs involved. Right now, we're 
bring in enough just to cover some administrative costs, but Corey and I volunteer our time, and Ron Zahar also generously donates his studio time and his time editing these podcasts, and we'd like to thank Ron for that. If you'd like to support us, there are a few ways you can do that. You can become a monthly supporter for as little as $5 per month on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash cannabishealthradio. You can also make a one-time donation through our website, cannabishealthradio.com. And the other way you can help us is to start spreading the word about our show. Write a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and share the podcasts on social media. You just might save a life. And we encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel and share that with others who you think may be interested. We'd like to thank Mark in Belgium, who posts our podcast on YouTube. We're very grateful for your support. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. For more information and to search previous podcasts, visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This podcast is made possible by donations from our listeners. If you found the information helpful, please consider making a donation in any amount through our website. You can also help us share our message by leaving a review on your podcast listening platform. We are very grateful for your support. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. 99.9% of our DNA is identical. It's a 0.1% that truly makes us different and unique. And that's what the show is about. Find out that 0.1% about your favorite guests. Find out what music they like their first cannabis experience, and even what their room looked like growing up. But more importantly, or as important, their journey. Learn what makes them unique on Everything is Personal.